This is Weekly Dose of Wellness, brought to you by Memorial Care Health System. Here's Deborah Howell. And welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell, and today we'll be talking about how to help prevent injuries in running. Our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Lai, who is board certified in both family and sports medicine and practices as a primary care sports medicine specialist in Long Beach. He is a full-time faculty physician with Memorial Care Medical Group and head team physician for California State University, Long Beach. Welcome, Dr. Lai. Hi, good morning. Well, over 64 million Americans jogged or ran for exercise in 2016, including myself and probably you. So it's inevitable that uh, many of them sustained injuries as well. So first of all, why should we run? What are the benefits of running that outweigh any risks of injury? Yeah, there's numerous, numerous studies uh, that show that running, um, even just recreationally, will have numerous specific health benefits, um, mostly for the cardiovascular. There's a lot of great research and, and messages coming from the American Cardiology Association and the American Heart Association that has a magic number of recommending over 150 minutes every week of light to moderate cardiovascular activity. And running is just one of the uh, most simple ways to get out and get that exercise. Besides the cardiovascular benefits, there's so many social benefits, there's so many emotional benefits, reducing stress, uh, there's so many other benefits in terms of building strength, building endurance, uh, that, that just you know makes running the number one choice for me when I want to go out and do some exercise. It's just that runner's high. (laughs) Most of us think we naturally know how to run. You know, we probably started running shortly after we first learned how to stand on our own two feet. But would you say this still holds true when we take up running as a regular exercise? Or do we need to begin a running program by first unlearning sort of our old patterns and replacing them with new ones in order to help prevent future injuries? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, running, we think, is as natural as walking. And we've all been doing walking since we were little kids. I think uh, what I discover a lot in my clinic is runners get injured. Uh, There's uh, over 90% of of runners uh, will complain of an injury or have complained of an injury in the last 12 months. And so we know that um, there can be some injuries associated with running. There are some tips and techniques that I like to recommend uh, when someone wants to start running or if someone wants to get back into running or if someone's looking forward to uh, improving their running technique. And uh, there's a, a lot of Uh, different uh, schools of thought in terms of how to run. But what I like to focus on and what I promote is running tempo, so how quickly uh, your feet are hitting the ground. And then I also like to talk about the posture because uh, I like to emphasize that that you want to be standing straight up. You want to have a slight lean forward and um, you you really want to have a a faster uh, tempo when you're putting one foot in front of the other Uh, There's a lot of good data that shows that the faster your feet move, so not necessarily how long you take a step, but the faster every stride is, uh, the lower injury rates you have. That's fascinating. um, Yeah, one one great visualization that I like to talk about is um, you want to try to focus on your feet kind of kissing the ground gently uh, with every step as opposed to plopping your feet down on the, the ground. Yeah, uh, easier really said than important. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and some of these, it's not to be discouraging at all. Sometimes it takes a while to really come into that, that natural uh, running technique, but it's uh, definitely something that you strive for. And when you have it, you'll uh, have a lot more what we call running economy, and you'll get a lot more enjoyment out of running. Absolutely. What are some of the most common running injuries? 
Oh, my goodness. So uh, the, the top three that I'll see in my office, um, we'll see shin splints. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, a very common one. You might have remembered it from the high school days, but that's where you're uh, really running so much and you get that pain on the inside, the, the, uh, the center side of your, of your shins, uh, worse with every step. Now, when you start having pain in your shins, it's always a good idea to take a break, stop, and kind of re-examine how you're running. Sometimes those shin splints can be caused by uh, the type of surface that you're running on, whether it's always on concrete, um, uh, trails are sometimes a lot more preferred. Uh, wet sand can be preferred. Sometimes the shin splints are from the surfaces uh, and the angle of the surfaces. If you're doing a lot of hills or if you're doing curved surfaces, Sometimes it could be the footwear that you have, uh, shoes that are a little bit worn out, maybe your favorite pair that you've been running in for hundreds and hundreds of miles. Um, and then uh, going back to the running technique and the running form, sometimes it's due to uh, just how uh, uh, your running technique and how forcefully uh, every foot is uh, dropping down on the ground. So shin splints, it's always a good idea to take a break, uh, rest it, put some ice on it. The dreaded complication of shin splints is uh, what's called a stress fracture. Yeah. Once you have that, you're really out for a much, much longer time. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, and so that's that's one of the more common ones that I'll see. Uh, the other two that I do want to mention is um, Achilles tendonitis and then, and then runner's knee, uh, appropriately named. Uh, I'll start with runner's knee. Runner's knee is um, also sometimes called patellofemoral uh, pain syndrome, and what essentially it is, and, it, and it's not just exclusively runners, uh, a lot of uh, non-runners and other athletes can get this condition, but it's pain that happens underneath the kneecap or around the kneecap. And the way that you can think about it is it's a, a tug of war between the muscles above the kneecap, which are probably a little bit weak and might be a little bit inflexible, and then um, the other side of that tug of war is your feet and your ankle which might be rolling in a little bit too much or moving around too much. And what gets stuck in the middle is your kneecap, which kind of just moves around a little bit more than it wants to with every step as you're bending and straightening that that leg as you're running. And that causes a lot of pain, inflammation, and irritation right underneath or around the kneecap. Um, That's probably the most common condition that I see. Uh, amongst my runners, and um, uh, very uh, easily treatable by looking at how you're running again, your running technique, uh, strengthening some of those quadriceps and thigh muscles, sometimes putting in some orthotics for your feet, um, and really examining how your, uh, which direction your toes are pointing and how your feet are contacting the ground when you step. Absolutely. Orthotics are a big deal to runners. Yes, absolutely. Um, the the third condition that I see a lot is uh, Achilles tendonitis, and um, the Achilles tendon is uh, your largest tendon in your body, and that's what connects your calf to uh, your your feet. And you'll you'll always feel it kind of right behind that ankle, and you'll know because with every step, if you have the Achilles tendonitis, you'll have pain with every step back there. And for that, I, I really um, uh, one of the, the key contributors to that is just having really tight calves or really tight hamstring uh, muscles what I call the posterior muscle groups uh, of your legs. And um, a lot of times, uh, for milder cases, simple stretching uh, of those structures will really, really benefit. You can also rest, put some ice on there, and take some anti-inflammatories. Um, proper footwear is also really important to help with the Achilles tendon problem. 
It brings me to the next question. You mentioned stretching. Um, you know, there's so much information out there. Should we do it before? Should we do it after? Uh, is it important? And if so, what kinds of stretches do you recommend and for how long? Yeah, great question. I think the uh, stretching is always one thing that we probably should do more of, but we don't have time to do if, if, you, uh, if you're a runner like me. The, um, I, I really promote an initial stretch, but it's a, a certain type. It's a dynamic stretch, so um, as opposed to what's called a static stretch. And one of the things you might remember, you know, again, kind of back in middle school or high school is kind of sitting around a field and being led by your PE coach, being told to uh, touch your toes and, and you're sitting down and touch the ground. Um, and those are all very static stretches, and you might just be told to uh, hold that position for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds. Um, there's a lot of good data that shows that when you do that and, and you're acting on cold muscles and joints, you may actually be doing more harm. You may not be doing any good. So one of the concepts is to do dynamic stretches, and those are stretches that you do while you're still moving. Um, and, and the most common movement to be doing is while you're still walking, you'll do a stretch on a, on a specific body part. So whether it's a hamstring, as you're walking, you'll just, uh, if you want to stretch the hamstring, you would just kick your foot straight up as if you were uh, in a marching band uh, with a straight leg kick in front. Um, if you wanted to stretch your quadricep muscles, the, the front thigh muscles, you would just, um, as you're walking, try to kick your, your gluteus, your, your buttocks area, with, um, with your heel with every step. Hmm. And so that incorporates a little stretching with some movement, and the thought is that that movement kind of warms up those muscles and joints before you put them into a nice stretch. So that's what I recommend before uh, you run. And then after you run, I, I always uh, promote a cool-down period, and that cool-down period... Um, uh, also just incorporate some stretching. And at that point, once your muscles and your joints are loose, if you want to do uh, some static stretches where you're just holding a position for 30, 40 seconds, uh, that seems to be okay. It doesn't seem to be doing as much damage. Awesome. Is there such a thing as too much running? That's, um, yeah, in, in recent years, there's, uh, so I never like to tell my patients that they can do too much running, <laughs> but um, th there is, there are some really interesting studies coming out where they're looking at ultra-marathoners and elite-level marathoners. And um, if we just go back to the cardiovascular, so your heart, the heart benefits for running, it, your health, your overall health and your cardiovascular risk goes down the more you run in general. And that's going to apply to 95 99% of us, of the general population. Now, for that small population that are elite runners, the marathon runners, the ultra marathoners who can go 100 miles, you know, because this is kind of a, a newer, um, a newer trend and a newer type of activity, there are some newer research that shows that um, maybe if you're doing it too much, there are some changes to your heart that puts you at at actual increased risk of heart disease than if you hadn't have exercised at all. So that's kind of a newer uh, mm -hmm. concept, and, and they, um, uh, we seem to have hit a limit on some of those benefits um, of, uh, of running. And, and so there is a notion that if you do it too much. Now, that being said, if you're doing 100-mile runs uh, as, your, as your typical race, you are definitely putting in a lot more mileage than, than the majority um, of the population. So it's <laughs> kind of an elite sure. level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, doctor, I have one final question for you. What are some of the best ways to prevent injuries? Yes. So um, 
what, what I always advise, and this goes for, for novice runners um, or, or folks who are just getting back into running, is to go slow. Uh, you might have, nowadays, it's really popular, really fun to get involved in marathon races, half marathons, 10Ks, and, and I love promoting those and telling people to set those as a target, but you have to have a sensible training program that gets you up to the distance that you want to do. So you need to go slow. You need to stay in yourself. There's a, a very tried-and-true rule that, that we like to talk about in running, which is called the 10% rule, which is every week you don't want to do more than uh, 10% of the mileage that you did before. And um, that can be a very slow, slow progression uh, for a lot of us. But taking it slow is one surefire way to reduce your risk of injury. And we all have our devices now, so we know what 10% is because we can just check our phones and or our device. That's right. Whether <laughs> so it's no your excuses. Fitbit or your, your GPS on your phone, that's yeah. right. There's there's a lot of uh, technology and gadgets now that, that accompany running. And so we used to say running is one of the, the easiest and... and um, most economical ways of exercise because all you need was a pair of shoes. But um, I think seeing uh, the last time I was at a race, just seeing how much uh, equipment uh, mm-hmm. the other runners had, yeah, that, that might have changed a little bit. Well, we thank you so much, Dr. Lai, for your time and expertise today, but, you know, got to run. So <laughs> <laughs> we really enjoyed having you on the show. And for more info or to listen to a podcast of this show, please visit memorialcare.org. That's memorialcare.org. That's all for this time. I'm Deborah Howell. Have yourself a terrific day.